This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. There are signs that Premier Kathleen Wynne might be trying to find additional relief to bring down skyrocketing hydro bills in Ontario. She's appearing at least to be empathetic toward residents who are writing her with their complaints about high delivery charges, including a man she names as Lloyd from the Ottawa Valley. He wrote to me about delivery charges that make up 50% of his bill. What I said to him was, he has every right to be angry. It's not fair. That shouldn't be happening. Because at the end of the day, what people like Lloyd should be paying for is the electricity that they use. On average, the delivery charge makes up nearly 30% of a typical residential hydro bill, but the amount varies depending where in Ontario you live. A typical Hydro One customer in a medium-density area, for instance, pays close to $70 a month for delivery, more than double the delivery charge for a Hydro customer in Thunder Bay. The Zoomer advocacy group CARP, A New Vision of Aging, continues to put pressure on the Liberals at Queen's Park to reduce electricity costs for customers with its heat or eat campaign. If the delivery charge is reduced, is this enough relief for you as a hydro customer? You can join the conversation this half hour at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. In studio with me now is CARP's Marissa Semkew. Thanks for joining us, Marissa. Thanks for having me. And on the phone line with us is energy expert and consultant Tom Adams. Hi, Tom. Hi, Jane. We'll ask uh, Marissa first about uh, the specifics of the Heat and Eat campaign. We're in a position where some people in this province, seniors specifically, have to choose between whether to buy groceries or pay for their hydro. It's it's not fair. It, I mean, the rates are deplorable, to be honest. And, and you asked in your intro, Jane, if we were to reduce the delivery charge, would it be enough? And CARP would argue no. Uh, part of its campaign is asking for the Ontario government to restore sanity to hydro rates. A minimum, a minimum of a 25% reduction is what we're asking for. The other thing we're looking at is calling for the elimination of residential time of day price spikes. Because between the hours of 7 a.m. and 7 p.m., when most seniors, especially seniors on a fixed income, are, are at home, they're being unfairly penalized. Uh, tackling the delivery charge is one fraction of a broader issue. The rates have gone up over 300%. We need to start there. What kind of reaction has your campaign been receiving? It's catchy, it's quick, and yet it's it's reality. It's hard-hitting. It's been emotional. It's hard hearing these stories come in. We hear stories from people who can't afford their medication, who can't afford to pay for food. Uh, you know, when 60,000 Ontarians were cut off, were unable, rather, to pay for their hydro bills in 2015, you know you have a problem. CARP's members alone, we had over 36% of our members, are personally struggling to pay for their hydro bills. 
Ontarians can do better than this. As of January 1st, the provincial portion of the HST was eliminated from hydro bills. Mm -hmm. So that's 8%. You're saying 25% minimum is what CARP members want to see in a reduction in their hydro bills. Yes, because the commodity price since the Liberals took power has gone up over 300%. Over 300%. 8% is a fraction. I mean, it doesn't even touch the issue. Let's go to Tom now about some more of the specifics, and we'll tell you how you can join the campaign, the Heat and Eat campaign, Heat or Eat campaign, at CARP in just a moment. Tom, the delivery charges in question rise when a household uses more electricity. But I'm reading that the Ontario Energy Board has ordered local utilities to transition to a flat delivery charge per household within the next eight years. Eight years, that's a long time. Yeah, that- the, um, the the evolution of rates over time for the distribution component of charge uh, of the charge is is moving towards uh, uh, like a fixed monthly connection fee, and and there is actually some logic to it uh, in, in the sense that uh, uh, every uh, uh, household customer is imposing similar costs on the system for metering and delivery and billing and all that collections and all that kind of stuff. So there, there, there's a logic to it. Um, uh, it what, what happens as we shift away from uh, what is today a lot of the fee uh, for distribution charges selected um, of the amount of power you consume or the volumetric charge um, towards more uh, a fixed month connection fee is that um, the, the households that are uh, lower uh, uh, unit users, so they're 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 consuming less energy. They pay relatively more relative to the households that are uh, consuming more. So there is a, a shift in cost responsibility that's coming down the pipe. And when do you expect this to happen? We're hearing from the premier that she's going to provide some sort of relief before the spring budget. Yeah. That- what the pre talking about is something uh, different there. Um, uh, the, of course, the, the electricity problems that the province, the provincial government has created over the last, you know, 12, 13 years are, are kind of the tickets are coming home to roost. So mm-hmm. the, the premier's in a panic and then trying to deal with this crisis of of comment over. Um, on affordable electricity cost, what, what worries me is that a, a panic environment, uh, you know, political desperation, is not the, the the does not create the positive conditions for the kind of careful rethinking of uh, of both how we got into this mess and how we get out of it. Uh, Ontario's electricity problems are very deep. Um, uh, They affect a lot of things, like the institutional integrity of some of the agencies that should be protecting the public interest, like the Ontario Energy Board, Mm -hmm. been fundamentally undermined. Um, uh, But rather than deal with the root causes and getting into the issues on the power bill that are causing the most problems for consumers, particularly on the generation component of power bills, the so-called commodity charge, the, instead of dealing with that, the, the, the premier is signaled that she's going to deal with the distribution component of power bills. Well, 
That is actually, if you look across the whole scheme of all the bad problems going on with power rates, uh, um, exports being subsidized, generators being added to the system at the time when we've got surplus power, and just on and on, gross mismanagement, the distribution component of the business is is really among the better managed pieces of this puddle. If we had to set priorities in what to do to fix Ontario's power problems, the distribution sector would be the last thing on that list. You know, Tom, it's so interesting you say that, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the way I understand it is the commodity portion of the bill has skyrocketed by 300% over since the Liberals took power, whereas the delivery charge has largely been tied to inflation. You know, we often hear these stories about snowbirds or people with a second home, they go away and therefore they have a zero consumption charge, but they get a bill, and the bill is primarily made up of the delivery charge of $100. Yeah, that's terrible, but it, it doesn't make sense, to your point, to try to change the whole system for people that can afford recreational properties. I know that at CARP, a lot of our members are seniors on fixed incomes. It doesn't touch the root of the issue. I, I totally agree. We, we, um, uh, we often hear about the customer that has the, a very high um, distribution charge relative to the amount of the, they're being charged for the commodity portion of the bill. In those instances, in a lot of cases, what we're talking about is a, a, a recreational property, a cottage, something that's uh, occupied for a period of time. Um, there, the customer has the option of using power, but they don't because they they don't, you know, they're living someplace else at the time. Well, I mean, that's not the electricity rate crisis that should be, you know, driving the conversation about Ontario's electricity reforms. It's not the cottagers that really... Uh, uh, you know, have are really at most risk here. It's it's low income consumers. It's electricity intensive employers. We really need to focus on 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 big picture problems rather than just the kind of superficial issues that arise. I don't want to be. You know, when I when I talk about distribution charges not being the core of Ontario's electricity problems, I, I do want to point out that um, uh, although most of our distribution utilities have not been increasing their rates at, uh, at beyond the rate of inflation for a long period of years, ten years and more. There are two outliers to that. Um, both Toronto Hydro and Hydro One have not been well behaved with their costs, and they haven't been properly supervised by the Ontario Energy Board. Their costs have have, have been out of control, and that's that that is a problem. But that's fixable by by looking at the details of their 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 costs and managing their costs better. We need more efficiency out of those two utilities. But in general. The distribution utilities are keeping their noses clean. Okay, we're speaking here with energy expert and consultant Tom Adams. Carps Marissa SMQ is here with us for a couple of more minutes. You're listening to Zoomer Radio's Fight Back with Libby Snymer. I'm Jane for Libby. And let's get to our listeners and some stories out there in Zoomerland. Frank uh, in Downsview, go ahead. You're on Zoomer Radio. Thank you. Uh, listen, uh, I just came back. I, I'm a senior, but I'm, I, I, I'm well off. I can't complain. 
but the hydro rates, I've, I feel sorry for the people that are in trouble. I've talked to a couple in uh, from Montreal, and in Montreal, in, in Quebec, actually, they uh, heat their house. Everything is on electricity over there. Water, everything. If you have natural gas, you, you have to pay a penalty, like a tax. Okay. But on electricity, most households pay a thousand or less a year. That's for everything, air conditioning, heating, and everything. As far as I'm concerned, the whole bunch in Ontario should be fired and start new all over again, including the premier. Frank, let's, that's, a, that's a great observation, and thank you for sharing uh, that information with us. Tom, what are other provinces or which provinces are doing it so much better? Well, um, across Canada, um, each province has its own electricity story. Um, uh, the, the provinces uh, uh, of B.C., Manitoba, and Quebec, where they're uh, uh, dependent on um, mostly old depreciated hydroelectric stations, they have the benefit of a favorable geography and, and uh, electricity history, and they, and, they, and they have the benefit of very inexpensive electricity prices. Um, uh, uh, Ontario's prices are the highest in Canada. That didn't used to be the case. Um, if we had a properly managed system, we wouldn't have the cheapest prices in Canada because we just don't have the benefits of geography like Quebec. But we would be amongst the lower cost uh, uh, utility jurisdictions, um, uh, and that was the case, uh, you know, up until actually reasonably recently, only 15 years ago. You go back uh, on Ontario's electricity prices were below national average. Now, of course, we're in a class of our own. Um, uh, we've exceeded uh, um, uh, even the you know high cost provinces. PEI in Nova Scotia historically had much higher power rates than we have. Um, it's just a, it, it's pure and simple the mismanagement of Ontario's power system. I mean, the, the, the thing does have to get revamped. I wouldn't go so far as to fire everybody. Um, uh, there are a, lot, are a lot of good people that work in the power system. It's a very highly specialized field. The, um, uh, you know, we need to retain the expertise of the uh, uh, of, of the, the the experts that are, are available to us to run this very complex system. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, there needs to be an orderly uh, uh, restructuring of this thing. The, the, but, like, like. The scale of the problem of fixing Ontario's power system should not be underestimated. This is not going to be easy. Uh, Carps, Marissa, SMQ, before I know you have to go, you respond to that for us. We really like the way that that British Columbia does it. So it basically, it it looks like this. You start with sort of a low rate for everybody. So for the first X number of kilowatt hours that is used, um, you pay a low rate. And then if you're a low consumer, you don't pay more than that. If you go beyond that number of kilowatt hours, whatever that low income threshold may be, then you would pay more. And that's what BC does. And that's something that we're really looking at at CARP. I just want to say, too, uh, 
in fairness to the Ontario government, they've shown a willingness to work with us. We have a meeting with the energy minister next month. We've been speaking uh, very regularly with the senior policy advisor on this. We know that they are receptive to our campaign. Um, and so for you at home who are listening, we'd love if you could join. There is a petition online. If you can go online, it's carp.ca slash heat or eat. We would love to have your support on this. Marissa, thanks so much for joining us today on Fight Back. Thanks for having me. We'll continue with our conversation. We want to hear from you as well. 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. Gary in Belgrave, you're on Zoomer Radio. Go ahead. Jane, you're doing an excellent job there. Thank you very much, Gary. Anyway, our MP went to bat for us, Lisa Thompson, in our area here, and my bill was one of the bills that she took with her because actually my bills run anywhere between three and four hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. when all the people around me are hundred and fifty dollars a month right okay and so I what I did was I complained they took my old meter and replaced it with a smart meter which only got worse so I decided I would change things to gas so first of all I started with my furnace and changed it to gas then I went to my hot water heater and changed it to gas no change in my electrical bill whatsoever I went to my uh, dryer, changed it to gas, no change. I went into my kitchen, and I now have a gas range, which we love, and no change. The electric bills were the same. I wrote them. They just said my meter was accurate, and I was all wrong. Then we heard a while ago about the meter, the smart meter, having problems. But it's amazing that it all got buried, and we don't hear anything about it anymore. Tom, can you speak to this? Well, um, um, they're, they're, they, the whole smart metering thing, uh, you know, customers are very frustrated about it. Um, uh, and, and, I mean, I, I think we've, we've spent in the order of $2 billion uh, across the entire power system uh, in Ontario to convert over to from the from the old standard watt hour meter to the uh, smart metering system, having spent the money, um, uh, we we've got to stick with it and get better value from the existing meters. But you know what your caller is pointing to is that um, uh, his usage has been declining, and uh, but the but power rates have been rising so fast. That um, uh, the that the increase in the rate per kilowatt hours has gone up faster than he's been able to find ways of conserving, and and the the net effect is uh, his overall bill hasn't been changing. That is that is true across the province. Ontario's electricity demand peaked in 2005. It's been falling ever since. Um, uh, and but but power rates have been just continuing to rise. And actually, the way the financial arithmetic of Ontario's power system works, conservation itself is driving up rates. We've got a fixed amount of money that has to be collected. This year, it's about $21 billion. It has to be collected irrespective of how much power we consume. Uh, the government's been spinning this whole line that, oh, conservation will save you money. I mean, that, that's not the way the financial arithmetic actually works. One of the things that's driving up power rates actually is conservation. We need to be careful in how we use electricity, um, uh, but, but we also have to be honest with customers about what's really going on behind power rates. 
You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. And along with me right now is energy expert and consultant Tom Adams. Tom, our time is running out here, but I do want to ask you, our conversation today has been prompted by hints that Kathleen Wynne has given us Ontarians that she's going to provide some relief to delivery charges on hydro bills in the coming months. If she does that, where does the revenue come to stabilize higher electricity prices? Uh, it appears that the big uh, solution for uh, um, any financial relief on power bills is going to come from the government's new cap and trade program, uh, where they're uh, raising new, uh, unfortunately, hidden taxes on uh, natural gas, diesel fuel, propane, uh, um, uh, gasoline, all the the fuels that we depend on. So what we've got here, I think, is is largely a shelving of uh, transferring a cost from one pocket to another. Mm-hmm. The, the, the government will surely take credit for for you know any discounts that they're providing, but they won't be so uh, if history's any guide so clear on on, uh, on where they picked up all this extra dash from. For those of us who are feeling a, a, a desperate, uh, not knowing what to do in a position where you're having to choose between buying groceries and heating your home, certainly you can join the campaign, the CARP campaign, carp.ca slash hydro. What else can we do, Tom? Well, I, I mean, households can can do a, a lot in terms of, of, of lowering your use, um, and and that you know um, uh, can 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 make a difference on an individual basis. Um, and I, like I said, we should all be careful in how we consume uh, electricity. But r- really, we need some new thinking at Queens Park. Um, uh, we've we've gone fairly far down this road, and 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 it, like the prospects for the, the this current government to to really straighten out the problems that they've created, I I'm pretty uh, skeptical. Well, I know we'll speak again. That I know for sure. Thank you, Tom. Thanks so much, Jane. Energy expert and consultant Tom Adams. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.